Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. This is uh, spring practice week. We're one day closer. Uh, everybody probably listened to this on a Wednesday morning, and so everybody listening to this can say we, uh, we practice the day after tomorrow. That's true. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm more pumped work. than ever. Good. Good, good math work by you. Uh, and, you know, speaking of spring practice, there, I've been listening to some sports radio today. As you can probably hear in the background. I'm in the car. I'm actually leaving for Salusa. And, um, you know, there was some talk that maybe that spring practices all over the country might not have anybody there because of this coronavirus thing. And, first of all, before you do anything, well, finish this podcast, but then go directly to Twitter. And watch the video from a news report of Channel 13. I think it was somewhere in Memphis. And good God, oh my God, holy God, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was a news report from outside of an elementary school. And people were literally spraying their children down with Lysol. And it wasn't even the spray Lysol like that you use in a bathroom after somebody does a number two. It was the kind of Lysol you, you squirt onto kitchen sinks and stuff and then wipe it down and the look on the children's faces was unbelievable i mean i assume that was the look right before they were blinded by all the bleach in the clorox but um they also were uh they also showed video of one kid whose parents dressed him head to toe in various plastic bags from Dollar Tree and Walgreens and CVS and Piggly Wiggly. And you can imagine that like some of the bags weren't meant to be worn on your feet, for example. And so like his foot had already busted through one of the bags and he had the saddest look on his face of any child I've ever seen. If they ought to do one of those, um, what is that Sarah McLaughlin song and just have that kid on it. And I would donate to whatever charity she was singing for. It's the funniest yeah, thing I've ever the, seen. Uh, <laughs> the virus isn't funny, but the reaction to it can definitely be humorous at times. I've already saw, like, for instance, I saw uh, the rumors on Facebook that you can kill coronavirus with cocaine and bleach are incorrect. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Wrong. I bet for damn sure you can kill coronavirus with bleach. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure. Now, is drinking the bleach while you have coronavirus going to kill the coronavirus? It probably will. It'll kill you too. But yeah. I think bleach would work. You would die from the bleach, not from the coronavirus. But yeah, I mean, I mean, on the positive side, you wouldn't die from the coronavirus. I mean, you got to look. Yeah, exactly. You got to look at the silver lining here, Jimmy. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of I don't see why, why would they cancel spring practice unless now if a no, player not, not, No, no, no. I mean cancel it for fans to be there. Kind of like what oh, they're about to do with games. you know, first of all, they've already canceled the Ivy League Conference Basketball Championship uh tournament, which right. and you know what that means? That Yale as the regular season winner goes to the NCAA tournament, which is a much better way to determine a champion. I will are fun they are big money draws all that shit but they are a horrible way to yep. determine uh, a national championship when teams with losing records get included into the field that being said
understand the need for them. I just hate it when everybody loves all the basketball enthusiasts, of which I'm one of, but the hardcore, super nutty basketball enthusiasts love this now this time every year that this this time of year is much more fun than college football. And number one, yes, they're right. It probably is more fun than college football for these few weeks. But college football is the much better product throughout the regular season. And college football's Final Four is a much better way to determine a true national champion. But Brant, I could not agree more. (laughs) I mean, football, what what confuses just – football decides their champion differently. But it doesn't mean they decide it wrong. So many of the arguments for expanded playoffs or for the playoff to me are just so wrong-headed. But just as you said it perfectly, Luke, I, I get why if you win your conference tournament, you get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. I get it. But it's sort of dumb. If you ask me, what's a greater achievement, finishing with the best record in your league after 18 conference games, half at home, half on the road, or going to a one tournament and winning four games in four days, what's the greatest achievement? There's no doubt it's the 18-game regular season schedule. That's that's harder to do. It, it, it It's only, only a really good team is going to do that. I mean, what if Ole Miss gets really hot and wins the SEC tournament? Does that prove that Ole Miss was the best team in the SEC this season? Hell no. But could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. I doubt it. Could. And what people forget, Jimmy – when Ole Miss does that, when, say, uh, Utah State might have gotten in anyway. Just use them for an example this year. But they, they might not have gotten in. I would say they, I would say it's 50-50. But let's pretend Utah State was not going to get in unless they defeat San Diego State. What people say is, well, good. They get a chance to prove themselves. That's true. But the other side of it is they take the spot away from a team that was deserving that did, through the year. That did prove, that did prove themselves. Any any one game can, can go the other way, even in football. Any one game can, can go either way, and I couldn't agree more. I, now, I, I enjoy college basketball. I enjoy the way college basketball does it. I enjoy college football. I enjoy the way college football does it. It doesn't have to all be uniform and be decided the same exact way by every league and, and, and everything. And I think expanded playoffs like the NFL is going to do, I don't like that. I don't like – the, the talk of the expanded college football playoff, although I know it's coming, it's going to happen because the people that got us to four, I knew would never stop at four. That's why I was against going to four. I'm like, if we could go to four and leave it there forever, okay. But you watch, it, it'll just take two or three seasons and they'll want to go to eight. And then after they're at eight, they're going to want to go to 16. And then college football will now be no different than any other sport. Can you imagine, Luke, what college football will be like 15, 20 years from now, when Alabama plays Georgia in week three, and it doesn't matter who wins the game. doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Both teams will get in. You can lose, and instead of one fan base celebrating and the other fan base moping out, knowing that it was a disaster, <laughs> instead, now you'll have one fan base celebrating, but worried, you know, let's say Georgia beats Alabama in 20 years from now. Georgia fans are walking out of Bryant-Denny going, whew, that was fun. Boy, we beat Alabama. That's great. I hope we don't see them again in the playoff, though. And Alabama loses. Yeah. Going, ah, so what? This one doesn't matter. We'll see, we'll see them again in December when it really matters. 
And, and, and when that's everyone's attitude, the college football we've been in love with for 100 years is dead. Because what makes college football special is the Alabama-Georgia game in week three is huge. There, everybody wants an NFL-style playoff. Explain to me how you can have a huge NFL game in week three. How? How is it huge? Describe to me, even if it's the Chiefs versus the Ravens, which ended up being the AFC Championship, um, or semifinal, whatever it was, semifinal. Um, how is it huge in week three? It's not. It's not huge. It doesn't matter who wins or loses that game. And while I enjoy the NFL, I'm not complaining. What makes college football so special is a week three game like Alabama and Georgia can be huge. It changes the landscape of the whole playoff because the outcome of it is big. Gosh, when it just doesn't matter anymore, then, then the whole sport is just not special anymore. It's just any other sport. No, I totally agree. And again, I hate to feed into this argument by saying, by even bringing it up, because I have come to the conclusion that, hey, it's okay that different sports have different ways to determine their champion. What I don't like is, I mean, to me, college football is the best way to really truly determine a champ. It, it is. Um, now, College basketball, yes, that you have a chance, you have a second, third, even fourth chance for some of these teams sometimes. But you know, I think it's BS that losing teams with losing records get in. Same with the NFL playoff. I mean, theoretically, you could get in with a losing record. I, I'm sure some people have done it in the playoffs, and now they're going to expand it, make it even worse. And uh, I mean, name how many regular season games do you remember from college basketball? or from the NFL. You remember very few. You remember NCAA Tournament Final Fours, and you remember Super Bowls and some playoff games. But the regular season, nope. it means less. Now, th there's a plus and a minus there and all that, and I really didn't mean to get off on that. So <laughs> we will talk about Markel Benton, uh, who for the last is time. no longer on the team. Yeah, for the we'll last time. talk about him for the last time. <laughs> Well, we thought we'd talk about Antonio Alfano for the last time, and then he was booted from Colorado, or <laughs> it of. got in trouble there. So who knows what's going to happen with Markel. But, yeah, Markel Benton apparently is no longer with the team. And, um, you know, it's just a continuing trend with inside linebackers and Alabama's horrific luck. But wasn't Benton in the same – was he in the same class as um, – not Alfano, but Anoma? Was he in the same class with Anoma? He might have been in the same class with Anoma because I think Benton and Anoma would both be true juniors this fall. Is that right? Or, or is Benton right. one year old? That's right. Unless Benton redshirted, I, and I don't remember. He may have redshirted. Maybe Benton is one year older, but regardless, it just he just was, you know, and we talked about it here. When I say here, we're obviously on the predecessor to Locked on Bama, talking Tuscaloosa. I think we talked at that time, or I'm sure we would have. Markel Benton was a highly – ranked guy, and in some places was even the number one player in the state in a pretty weak year. But, and, and we needed to sign him, and I'm glad we did. Even to this day, I would tell you we were smart to sign Markel Benton and, and take a chance on him. But he, he wasn't that great, you know? I mean, and it's easy to say now after watching him play at Alabama for three years because he was such an inconsequential player to our results on the field. But he, he wasn't a, a fantastic player at any point in Alabama. When you went back and watched, you know, watched and considered what he did as a high school prospect, uh, not big, not fast. So what was he? 
I mean, he wasn't a big linebacker, right? He wasn't fast like Isaiah Simmons. Uh, he also wasn't really a 200 tackle guy. I mean, I think in retrospect, he's a kid that got some recruiting juice early, probably because he started in the 10th grade at such a good program at Central Phoenix City and just built up some recruiting juice and his buzz got to the point that he becomes an automatic take. While maybe at the same time, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, all these programs offering him at the end, they're offering him, trying to sign him. And, and then at the same time in staff meetings going, look, why are we taking this kid again? <laughs> you know you know what I mean? I mean, just in retrospect, yeah. kids need to be, I know it's boring to say it's all about size and speed, but there's a reason the NFL spends a billion dollars putting on that combine. And in the end, it is a lot about size and speed and what boxes are checked and, and, and what boxes, and I'm not talking about his behavior. He's obviously leaving Alabama over his behavior. Um, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about he's not big. He's not a four, five guy. He's not even a four, six guy. Um, and, and, he, and he's not big. So what is he bringing to the table other than he's clearly a pretty good player and he is a pretty good player. That's why he's at Alabama. But he was just never great, even though we're talking about a guy that was in some places ranked as the top prospect in, 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 in all of the state. But yeah, I don't us. think he, he – yeah, not by us. I don't think he'll necessarily be missed in, in the, you know, the rotation, assuming we have health again. I mean, who would have thought last year uh, – I mean, by the time the Auburn game rolled around, anybody that got hurt – would be missed anybody anybody right. on the roster so you never know but um this may be addition by subtraction in to some degree uh eventually and uh, you know so look we wish him godspeed best of luck hope you do well wherever you land all those good things uh yep. jersey numbers were <laughs> revealed and we talked about bryce young he's going to be number nine and you know will he end up being the best number nine or your most favorite number nine in Alabama football history. I thought it was interesting that Brian Robinson moved to TJ Yeldon's old number, number four, um, that, you know, some other ones that stuck at, stood out to me, uh, Demo or Demoy Kennedy. Yeah, I'm Demo. now officially a friend of his by association with you. Uh, Demo <laughs> is number 37. What a bizarre oh. number for a linebacker. Yeah, it is. It sounds like a receiver, but – I think it's cool. You know, that's the thing about college football. It's a little cool to me, unlike the NFL, where numbers are so, so rigid by rule, and college football doesn't really have those rules like the NFL has. I think it's pretty cool when a player plays a position and, and wears a number that you don't normally associate with the position. I think that's cool. I also think it's cool when a player wears a number that is exactly associated with the tradition, like when a quarterback wears 12 or 14 or 7. I think it's cool also, but – but, uh, no, I, I like Demos 37. I dig it. Benton was just 36, well, right? Well, how many, other, how many other 37s can you name? I can name Kevin Lee. Kevin, Lee. Kevin Lee is what immediately came to mind. Why, I do not know, but that's what immediately came to mind. Well, because for you, he, he, he played at Viger. Didn't Kevin did. Lee play at Viger? Yeah, and, was I mean, he was a early Viger Wolves. that got me interested in recruiting that whole, that whole Viger team of freaks. For about six years, there was a wave of freaks through fire for six years. Yeah. It went from about 87 to 92. 87 to 93. Yeah, that was 
Yeah, it was a, it was a sick program back in the day, and Kevin Lee was a huge commitment for Alabama, and he, you know, he had his moments at Alabama. He was a second round superstar. He was a second round. But yeah, I can't honestly, Jimmy, and I mean, I look at the roster every single year, and I love, like, I'm fascinated with guys and their association with numbers sometimes, but like 37 so far, I mean, yeah. it's Kevin Lee and Demoy Kennedy. That's all I know. How many other 37s have we even had? I mean, because it is such a bizarre number. Like, who wears that? Like, you say associated with a receiver, but it's only associated with a receiver in this regard because we can only name one player who used to wear it who happened to be a receiver. (laughs) Kevin Lee told me one time, by the way, I don't don't know Kevin Lee's friends, but I bumped into Kevin Lee and talked to him when this was a long time ago and we just had a bad season. And uh, so I'm hanging at this thing, and Kevin Lee's there, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, man, this year was a disgrace. What do you think went wrong? And he said, we don't have enough thugs. <laughs> uh, I've always remembered oh, that. Oh, man, like, okay. advice. I was like, yeah, I like- you, know, you, you do need some tough guys. You need some tough guys, and you need some guys that maybe aren't, aren't choir boys. I mean, it, it brings an edge to the team. Now, they can't be out of control. They can't be out of control. But maybe on the field is a good place for them not to be in control. You heard Marlon Davidson at the Combines in his great interview when they asked Marlon Davidson why he loves football so much. And he said, you know, it's, it's legal for me to go out there and be completely violent. And while we go, oh, my gosh, did that guy just say that out loud? The NFL GMs were like, I like this guy. I like the cut of his jib. That's exactly what we want to hear. And – you know, it's, there's there's some toughness, and I, and I think our defense was was missing that a little bit. I, I have I have this mental image of Kevin Lee saying, "We need more thugs," and then you taking out a, pe- a pen and a piece of paper and writing down. He, <laughs> Kevin Lee says, "Need more thugs," so you can like report that. At the time, there was no internet, I'm sure. So I'm sure you were like just putting it out was. via telegraph or something. This was roughly um, 2,000. Other... It was roughly 2,000. Oh, okay. okay. That was a long time. A couple of other, a couple of other uh, jersey numbers that stood out. I didn't write them all down. Uh, Drew Sanders, number 16, and Roy Dale Williams, number 23. Again, uh, 23s that you remember. Reggie Miles? Who's another one? That's a good one. That's a good one. No, Reggie Miles is 23. I, I think that's a, that's a great one. I like that number 23. Was Andre Jabril Washington. 23? Was Jabril Washington 23? Not a good player. Not really. Didn't do a whole lot. How about Andre Short? Dime. Ooh, that's a good call. Holy moly. You're very good at this. Yeah, Andre I mean, Short. I'm just picking some. Yeah. He picked off a lot of I don't balls. remember. I remember he, he, he picked, I mean, if I remember Andre, didn't he have like, two interceptions against Vanderbilt in his first start in like 95, something like that. I mean, I that's, that's kind of right. what I remember about him. But, uh, yeah. I think that's right. I remember and Miles My, played for the Bengals for a while, too, if I remember right. Reggie Miles was a five-star. I mean, we didn't have five stars back then, but if there were stars back then, Reggie Miles was probably a five-star and had a good career at Alabama, was a good player, but probably wasn't a five-star college player, but he was a five-star recruit. He's from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Pascagoula High School, I believe. Okay, Jimmy, a couple of more things here, just random. Uh, 
Kim Watts put in a couple of crystal ball picks for Peter Woods and Tony Mitchell out of Thompson High School. I guess in the end, we're just going to tell Thompson, just move all your shit down to Tuscaloosa because we're taking everybody. Hey, I've, I've seen Thompson even in person, and it's not a bad it's not a bad philosophy to have. That school has as many badasses in it as, as anybody in the state. Uh, Thompson and, you know, they kind of, you know, Trustville's been that way the last couple of years. And I, and I think now really Thompson, uh, man, uh, I know this. I'm super excited about Jeremiah Alexander committing to us uh, yesterday. I'm going to be excited about that for a while. He's, he's a big-time kid, but I, I think, you know, he's even younger, but this Peter Woods kid, uh, I, I hear good things. I mean, look, your name is Peter Woods. That's the the best name so far we've come up on in recruiting. Um, a couple of other things. Baseball, the team net is number three in the country. And here's some other SEC teams. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, look, it doesn't mean much right now. I think we can all agree. But we would rather be 15-1 and one than 10-6. and six. So, I yeah. mean, and we'll take the net of three right now. Uh, Florida is number two. Ole Miss, how about this for the SEC? Florida is number two in the net. Bama three. Ole Miss six. Georgia eight. A&M 12. And then I, I skipped over the rest of them. I didn't want to write them all down. But Missouri, who we play this weekend, is number 91. And Auburn is number 141 in the net. Again, nice. don't read a whole bunch into that. But I, I think they're last in the SEC in net ranking. And that was very odd to me. I know yeah. they got uh, drilled at home by Central Florida, but I just found that to be bizarre because otherwise Auburn lost that series three to nothing. But the rest of the games they've won and, and won mostly pretty handily. So I just found it weird how these how they come up with these calculations. Here's my college baseball story for the weekend. Ready for this? This is this is great stuff or just turn off the podcast stuff. It's one or the other. But I, I'm so I'm ready. So Saturday morning, uh, as we're preparing ourselves for, for a busy day of chores at the LJS house, we, we got to go on the road down to Foley and go to a bunch of stores. But it's early Saturday morning, and uh, uh, I like to watch uh, music videos. That's kind of like what I do to, to, you know, when I'm not just sitting in front of the TV, but I'm busy. You know, I'm busy in the house, but I, I need to be entertained. So, so I'm busy in the house, but I want something kind of New ones or old ones? Wait a minute, new ones? No, old? new new and old, new and old. I watched a lot of MTV Classic, but I, I had on a CMT, Country Music Television. They had a top 20 countdown that comes on Saturday morning. So this is all brand new stuff. And I kind of flipped between that and the MTV Classics. And uh, so the Country Music CMT's on, and I walk by the TV and something catches my eye to the point like, did I just see what I thought I saw? And I had to get the, the remote and rewind it to the beginning of the video because... I'd never heard the song and certainly had no idea this was in the video. But the video, the video that's kind of playing along, that's telling the story of the song, has to do with the fact that the singer of the song, and it's a, it's, it's a love song, but the singer of the song is a pitcher at Ole Miss. Like a pitcher, uh, wearing Ole Miss uniform, clearly playing in Ole Miss's baseball stadium. And then, and then it cuts away to shots of the Grove and the library and then he, this freshman pitcher is, is, is eating like lunch with his girlfriend on, on Oxford, on the square at Oxford and all these. And I'm like, so I call, I call the wife and I'm like, this is really Ole Miss. And, 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 and the singer is a guy named Brett Young, who's, he's a big name. He's pretty famous. He's not A-list. He's not Kenny Chesney. 
or Garth Brooks, but I guess you would say he's B-list. He's, he's kind of the next level of, fam of country music famous. And uh, so we watched the whole video because we had a nephew that played baseball at Ole Miss and, and it's the SEC. We watch SEC sports all the time. We've been to Oxford and seen all this stuff. And we're like, how did this happen? So we watched the video and it's pretty good and the song's good. And, 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 uh, and it even shows Brett Young wearing a baseball jersey and he's standing on the mound at Ole Miss. And I made a terrible joke. I'm like, notice how they cut away every time before Brett actually throws a ball because he'll look like an idiot when he throws a ball. So they cut away and go to this kid who auditioned for the Ole Miss pitcher role who clearly could throw a ball. And that's why I got the part. And so, so anyway, we, we watch it. And when the video's over, the wife's like, why, why do you think that? How did they do that? And I said, I bet we'll find out that the director of the video or his manager or his new girlfriend slash wife went to Ole Miss or he was playing a show in Memphis and the, the, the record company called and said, uh, you need a new video and you need it by the end of the week because we want to release this as a single and uh, just, just go down to Oxford and film something. And they came up with this idea on the fly. I said, the last thing we'll find out is that Brett Young actually played baseball at Ole Miss. And she's like, Google it. So <laughs> I Googled it. And what did I find out? Of course, Brett Young actually played baseball at Ole Miss. It's true. He did. He, he was a freshman pitcher at Ole Miss years ago and was actually drafted out of high school, went to Ole Miss. But then just like in the video, he hurt his arm and couldn't play baseball anymore. So he ended up being, you know, a big time country singer instead. And, uh, but the end result, the, the whole story is to say, did you know that Brett Young, big country music star Brett Young, was actually an SEC pitcher at Ole Miss? That's, that's like real life. No idea. First of all, I've never heard of Brett Young. Secondly, <laughs> um, the one thing I took out of that story, and this is how my mind works, when you said Kenny Chesney, I thought immediately, man, Kenny Chesney by himself made the last name Chesney sound palatable. If you, before Kenny Chesney, if your name was just Ralph Chesney, people would be like, God, that just sounds like a real jackass. I mean, Ralph Chesney. And, but like, then Kenny comes along and all of a sudden Ralph has a story. He could be like, Kenny's my second cousin on my dad's side, you know, whatever. I mean, but, but before Kenny Chesney came around, if your name was Ralph Chesney, people gave you unlimited shit all day. I hope people uh, send I, you I, pictures. I kind of quit oh. listening after that. <laughs> I hope people send you pictures of, hey, hey, podcast guy. Here's a picture of this dude I know named Ralph Chesney. He's a he's a he's an Abercrombie and Fitch model. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got lines of hot women waiting outside just to check his mail for him. Uh, and his name's Ralph Chesney. I hope that happens. Or but anyway, no, with my luck, it'll be here's my cousin Ralph Chesney. He's an up and coming UFC fighter, and he'd like to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just goes to show how SEC Sports, this is the podcast you've tuned in, SEC Sports so dominates my life that when I'm just simply watching CMT, hot top 20 country music countdown on Saturday mornings as we're getting dressed to, to go shopping in, at the beach, uh, 
uh, even then it draws me into a conversation about SEC baseball <laughs> and finding out fascinating trivia like Brent Young actually played baseball at Ole Miss in, uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, one last thing to wrap everything up, Jimmy. Uh, Tua Bailoa has been cleared for mm-hmm. all football activity, which it is great news for Tua. I mean, of course, we're all thrilled to death for him. And, I mean, he could make the number one pick in the draft thing kind of interesting if he were to kick ass at some of these workouts. But it also is heartbreaking because, uh, you know, if he had come back, he would be like, Oh my God! I just I, I I smile ear to ear just if he had come back. I mean, it'd just be perfect. It'd just be great. <laughs> well, Tua is I, this. Is, oh, here's here's the thought for the day. Okay, thought for the day, and it's a negative thought. So let's end on a negative thought. So everybody really hates us. They already hated the Brett Young almost story. They're like, why do we care about this? And <laughs> and, and the answer is you don't. The answer is you don't. Um. So here's something to even further piss everybody off. Let's say this. The spring, in spring practice, Mac Jones looks great. That wouldn't surprise anybody, right? Mac looks great this spring. No. Bryce Young looks very promising. Like, well, is he going to beat Mac out? Maybe. He's de- definitely going to be in the mix. He's as good as we thought. That's very possible too, right? Very so, possible. So Mac, Mac looks great. Bryce looks promising, and the quarterback no one talks about, even though he he looks okay, even though he has a solid spring for a young player, is Leah Tungovaloa. Okay, so let's say all that happens, and I think all of that's very likely. Now, let's say this: Tua is drafted at the sixth spot or higher by the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that definitely needs a quarterback. I know everybody says, well, the Bengals need a quarterback. Well, actually, they have Andy Dalton under contract. And everybody says, oh, the Dolphins need a contract, need a quarterback. Well, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen under contract. The Chargers do not have a quarterback under contract except for Tyrod Taylor. So the Chargers really need a quarterback. So let's say all that happens and the L.A. Chargers, the West Coast L.A. Chargers, happens to be the hometown of Tua and Leah's favorite team as children, the USC Trojans. What I'm saying is, I'm not predicting it, I'm just asking. When Alabama plays Southern Cal this fall, is Leah going to be wearing Alabama's uniform or Southern Cal's? Dun, 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 dun. That's interesting. <laughs> exactly. No, that's not a prediction. I'm not I'm not impugning the kid. I hope Leah hell, I hope Leah beats out Mac and Bryce as Alabama's starting quarterback in the fall for all I care. I, I hope so. I'm just I'm just doing what us podcasters do, wildly speculating. But nothing I said is wrong. Nothing I said is unlikely. Mac looking that's good, true. Bryce looking good, Leah sort of being the forgotten guy. Tua being drafted by the Chargers. All that lines up, maybe it could happen. Well, if you want to find out what does happen come draft time, or even maybe find out about some draft stuff, even before draft stuff happens, go check out Locked On NFL Draft. 
And uh, they, those guys, they know what they're talking about. And they will be able to tell you, will Leah Tungvaluwa be wearing a USC uniform next year? They will tell they you probably exactly. won't tell you that. They can tell you where Brett Young played college baseball. <laughs> think they could? They, the NF, live on NFL will. Draft with your host, Ralph Chesney. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right everybody roll tide roll tide spring practice two days